Welcome everybody to the Healing Place podcast. I am your host, Terry Welbrock, and excited to have with me today, Dr. Leslie Cole, and she is here to discuss Quit Pain Pills. You've written an ebook and you have a website of that same name, quit, quitpainpills.com. So welcome. Thank you so much. I am so happy to be talking to you today. I know, me too. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. We our intro started with laughter, so I love it. <laughs> it's great. And and I think I I mean I told you, but I want to certainly get it on air. I, you know, as I read the beginning of your ebook and just um you know, it touched my heart on such a profound level because of your message of hope. So yeah, so talk to, talk to us about what it is you do and what inspired this book. Okay. Um, I am an addiction specialist and treat people with um, opioid addiction, uh, heroin, pain pills, um, also alcohol and uh, stimulants. But um, really, a couple of years ago, I had, um, my sister had been diagnosed with breast cancer. And I picked up a book on hope, the anatomy of hope, and read that book. It profoundly um, influenced my life to see that everyone needs to keep that spark of hope. Yes. I read that book. And the very next year, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Oh, my goodness. And I had um, breast cancer that had metastasized and ended up having to have chemo for a year, a double mastectomy, um, lost all my hair, lost lots of weight, and realized hope. Where is my hope? At times, I just felt the tiniest little bit of hope. And when I came out of that year, I was, you know, right now I'm in remission, um, cancer free. Um, but there's always this thing in my head of, could it come back? Right. Um, but it really helped me understand a, a, a place of being right on the brink of hopelessness. And when I came back to work, I thought, gosh, so many opioid addicted people think that they are hopeless. Right. And yet the very next hit of heroin or dope, you know, hit of uh, pain pills or whatever is evidence of a tiny bit of hope. And so if I can kind of fan that flame of hope and help people see that they actually have hope and that it can increase and that hope, um, I heard someone say that hope is the energy that carries us forward. And so that got me wanting to write this book um, and yeah. just try to get the message out that there's more hope than there is uh, hopelessness. Right. One of the things that kind of struck me with the intro on your book was, you know, if you didn't have hope, you'd just be sitting on a stump dying. Right. Yeah. So yes. that's very profound. I mean, that's a very profound way to look at it. So yeah. um, even, even struggling and clawing and trying, I mean, there's still, you're struggling and, claw, and clawing because you do have hope. It's just exactly tucked away. <laughs> 
but it is yeah. it is that underlying energy that right that keeps you moving forward yeah 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 very yeah. cool so so you who is your target audience i know you talk about that in the beginning of your book as well um the target audience is the there are, I think, the last statistic I saw, there are 20 million people in the world addicted to opiates. And yeah. that's my target audience. I mean, I, yeah. I kind of want the people who are just still struggling with it to get this message. And, you know, it's a tiny start, but a little flicker <laughs> can, yes. can cause help and hope. So. Yeah. And, and it's scary. I know I live in, uh, in Cincinnati, just on the outskirts in, in Claremont County. And, and we've reached, I mean, they've declared epidemic levels. Exactly. Um, and so many of the, you know, the areas around us are, are, I went to a TEDx talk downtown Cincinnati and um, the coroner for Hamilton County was there and ex mm. talking exactly about this. Um, just the, the epidemics, of the addiction, um, particularly with, um, you know, heroin and just yes. how sad yes. it is, um, the statistics. So, yeah. But again, like you said, if we, if all of us, you know, can, can flan, fan the flames of hope, I like that. Um, right. and even before people reach that point where they, you know, um, are become addicted. I know on my personal story, you know, you talked about even with alcohol being a part of it as well. My, mm. my mom, I grew up with an alcoholic mother. She's mm. 83 now and she's so excited because she's going to celebrate in April being one year sober. <laughs> so oh, bless. I know. And it's a big deal because she uh. gave up drinking at 82. Um, and she was a severe alcoholic and we struggled, struggled, struggled. And she finally, you know, reached her rock bottom and was able to, to quit. But, um, you know, it's amazing. Yes. Never give up, never give up because that is amazing. Yeah. 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 But, but <laughs> my point was, is that, you know, when I finally stopped being angry with her because of her addiction, and started being more compassionate with her. And, you know, I came across ACEs, adverse childhood experiences. And I exactly. started, yeah. And I started to address with my mom, mom, you are self-medicating. What talk to me about your life. Talk to me about your history. What happened to you as a child? And I knew some things, but she really started to open up to me and tell me things that I had no idea that had happened to her. And we really started to engage in a conversation about it. And, you know, healing started to take place in our relationship, you know, between me and her, mm. and as well as her, um, myself even, you know, and my anger towards her addiction. Um, and so, you know, and its impact on me as a child. And mm. so, yeah, yeah. Exactly. What, I mean. Exactly. It, the ACE score. Yes. Yeah. And we do the ACE score on every new patient that comes in good and sometimes i am blown away by the stories that i hear yes just blown away i and the people have thought these were normal events they thought it was just normal right um i heard someone just um this week um who was asked you know 
are you ever yelled at? Yeah. How often? Multiple times a week. Mm-hmm. And I asked her, you are yelled at, you are screamed at multiple times per week. And she thought it was normal. Yeah, but I just swallow it and uh, I, do, I don't want to cause any rift between me and the other person. I thought, you know, this, this is the kind of thing that people uh, medicate over because they have grown up in situations where they thought it was normal to yell. It yes. was normal to scream. It was normal to hurt each other. Yes. There's no sense of repair of relationship. Right. So, yeah. Um, heartbreaking. I mean, heartbreaking. And, and, you know, my sister and I have talked about this because we grew up in a very chaotic household. Um, yeah. And um, what, what's interesting to us, neither of us, um, thankfully, inherited the addictive personality, you know, uh, quality, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is that, with, with having alcohol or drug addictions. But the conversation we've had is, you know, chaos was our normal. So when we start to confront a lot of our past, you know, and, and deal with our past, being not in chaos felt so, like we didn't know how to handle it because yes. it had become our normal. And so, yeah. Mm. Um, and that's what I think a lot of people who start the healing process, they don't know how to handle that being out of the chaos. Um, right. A lot of times they'll self-medicate on that end too. So, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, it doesn't feel comfortable for people to not have the thing they're familiar with, even right. if it's harmful. Right, yeah, yeah. But again, you know, what you're doing and the work you're doing is just amazing. And thank you. Thank you for your willingness to, to help others through it. So, Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love it. I'm That's telling you. Calling, right? Oh, it is. It's got to be. It feels like a lightness to me to see someone who's um, just on the edge of despair and to be able to hear that person and go, you are not bad you're not crazy. You're not less than anyone else. We've got some things to help you. And um, yeah, for me, I, I just love it. That's really cool. Very awesome. Well, thank you. Um, so what do you, what is it that you, you offer to people? Can, can people work with you? Can they contact you? Do they read the book? Do they reach out to you? What, what are their options? Well, the options are, um, yes, read the book um, to get kind of a big picture. Like if I were talking with a patient and had 24 hours to sit with them, the book is what I would tell them. I would just go through every little piece of here is hope, here is a plan, here's what, what may have happened to you as a child or in, as an adult. This is why you're actually normal. This is what you can do to um, talk to your friends and family. Um, I'm right now in the middle of finishing a online course that's going to be a companion course to the book. So people can actually, we're gonna have practicing of these things to change 
the brain because the brain can change is very exciting. The brain yes, that brain change. plasticity I love. I've read everything I can get my hands on about brain plasticity because it. You talk about offering hope to people. You yes. Know, I thought after 25 years of severe panic attacks that I was just stuck being broken. You know that these ruts. You know these things had happened to me, and I was just there was no getting out of it. I had these. These, I had these wires going in my brain and this trauma had happened. But then once I found out, oh no, the brain is plastic and you can change habits, you can change thinking patterns, you know, all of that. Um, what a world of difference that made. Exactly. And the hope, uh, you know, there's a, if we tell people that, oh, everything's bad, your brain can't change, right? then it it kind of discourages, it's extremely <laughs> discouraging, but to know that your brain can change yeah. um, is a remarkable. So what I actually, um, so people can get, um, get my book and my future course at www.quitpainpills.com. I have a contact um, info at quitpainpills.com that they can email me questions. Um, I work in Nashville. Well, actually, I live in Nashville, Tennessee and work right now in Springfield uh, part time at um, a clinic and have patients there. So if someone wanted, you know, lived in the Tennessee area and wanted to come see me, they could. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm doing right now. Um, so wonderful. Okay. So. How did you get inspired to write this book? What what um, moved you in this direction? Um, well, I think one of the things was that when I was thinking, when I was going through um, cancer, one of the thoughts I had was, "What is the what is most important to me? What is really truly most important to me?" And one of the thoughts that hit me was, it is extremely important to me that, that I believe the truth, that I believe that I'm lovable, that I believe that I'm capable of loving, and that I really truly love the people in my concentric circles of influence, like my husband and my dog. Right. And then my family and friends and then, you know, the concentric circles of people. And I thought, who has helped me do that the most? Well, one group of people has been authors. Like I've been so helped by reading C.S. Lewis, reading um, that Jeremy group. I don't even know how to say his name. Jeremy Groupman's book, Anatomy of Hope. Um, reading books that have helped me see the truth and have changed my perspective. Yeah. And I thought, I wonder if there are books that give ideas to people. Like when, when people are totally by themselves and they've got no one to reach out to, which has been me at times, many wow. times where I've felt completely alone. I've got no one to talk to. I could open a book and see a truth and feel a hope and feel a connection where there just wasn't one relationally. And so I thought, you know what, this is what I want. I want to do this. 
Yeah. I want to provide people with the same things I've had. And so I just looked to see if there was a book like this and I have not seen a book like this. Well, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just posted this morning. I'm in a Facebook, um, you know, a couple of PTSD or CPTSD groups. Um, and someone had asked a question about medication and Mm. I'm not on, I'm medication free at, you know, 52 years Mm. old and not that I'm dissing meds because, you know, it's certainly, I, at some points in my life, I had to be on anti-anxiety medications to just to help me get through the day. But, um, you know, I did, one of the things I said was, you know, I went through my list of EMDR therapy, Mm -hmm. reading everything I could get my hands on. So yes, authors, oh my gosh, provided me so much hope and just answers and ideas, you know, from habit formation to, you know, like the body keeps the score was a big book. Yeah. Um, you know, and understanding what was happening to my brain and my body. Um, yeah. So just, I get it. And, and I'm in the midst of writing a book too and creating an online course. So I so get, I so get the journey you're going through. I get it. It's a, it's a big undertaking, but, um, beautiful oh. yeah when it's inspired so yeah. oh i'm looking forward to reading your book thanks thanks it comes so, out um yeah. unicorn shadows uh mm. from trauma to triumph a healing guide and it's the same sort of thing like i want it to be a guide so each chapter you know i give part of my trauma story but then i don't want the focus to be on the trauma and the negativity i want it to be on the hope um so then i'll i talk about you know um a lesson learned and then I give three exercises in each chapter for people to to do from exactly. to praying to you know whatever it is so yeah Very cool. oh my goodness we're on the same wavelength. <laughs> yes we are so any myths or facts that you would like to clarify for listeners in regards oh, to yes <laughs> oh my goodness okay one myth is that People think that they have to hit rock bottom first. And I think the before they can actually make the change, it is not true. And I think the idea of hitting rock bottom first comes from, it's been so difficult to change. It's been so difficult to go in a positive direction that it must make, I must need this incredibly horrible punitive force that will push me there. And that is just not the truth. That is not the truth. People do not. um, I see people all the time who have not hit rock bottom, uh, who have come in and are getting help. So that's one mess. And I talk about that in the book. Um, I go into that in more detail. A second myth is that um, people don't ever get get rid of their cravings for opiates, heroin, pain pills, and that is not true. I have got lots of patients who have no cravings. I ask them month after month, how are you doing? Do you have any cravings? I don't have any cravings. I don't think about it at all. And that is just more evidence of the neuroplasticity. Yes. That the brain can change and go a new direction. Um, 
let's see some other myths. Um, you know, I had another one, but it has flown from my brain. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I say that on more than one podcast. I'll be like, I'm in the middle of a thought, and then I'm like, and my menopause brain just went. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I so get it. Well, if it comes back, you can just say, oh, I remembered. I got it. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. I've got some myths, actually, three myths that keep you addicted on my, as a free little uh, PDF download okay. on my website. Great. So if people want to see um, three of the, the myths that I address there, it's same website. Okay. And I'll list all that below here. I'll put that um, on the video, awesome. at least on the YouTube part of it. Uh, okay. I'll have it listed almost the whole time that the video is running so that people can access it. And Great. It. So good. So I'm going to throw my favorite, favorite question at you. Um, awesome. And I'm even making little individual videos of those in a series called Who Would It Be um, mm. on YouTube. So my question, if you could meet anyone dead or alive, to help you along your continued journey, who would it be? Oh my goodness. You know, I, I have thought about this question since I read it <laughs> and I keep changing my mind. Um, one of the people I thought of was, uh, one of the people I thought of was the president, President Trump. I wish I could talk to him and say, you know, you, we've got a supply reduction plan. We've got a harm reduction plan, but let's go with a demand reduction plan. And that is going to be people um, no longer wanting heroin, no longer wanting um, right. any of these things because they have changed their desires. Oh, that's that, brilliant. Yeah, yeah I, I really feel like that. Yeah, I'm going with that. <laughs> I'm just yeah. going to say, President Trump, we need the demand reduction plan. Yeah. Because um, then it can just the other be, two sides. it can be coming yeah. in and stockpiled up and nobody will want to buy it. And nobody will want Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Brilliant. Yes. Anything else that you want to discuss or, or touch upon with, with the audience members? Um, I would have to say, okay, one of the reasons that I know some of these practices that I'm going to recommend, that I recommend in my book, and I am going to recommend in my course, is that I have done them. I've done them myself, and I have um, cravings that I had have shifted completely. So, um, one of them being that when I was in the midst of my eating disorder, I would just obsess about sweets, cake, white cake with white icing. And then I would obsess about, don't eat it, don't eat it. You got to eat. No, don't. Yes, no. I mean, it was just this total, total cycle. And so when I finally got, oh, just realized I am really having a problem. I cannot get over myself. 
I talked to a therapist and the therapist said, hold on. You don't have to stop what you're doing. What I want you to do is on the way towards the white cake, I want you to just grab your journal, grab your pen, and I want you to think about what you're feeling. I had never in my life done that. Who knew? Right. That right there became the opening to myself. I mean, honestly, it was like it, it, it opened me to me. And I began to be my own friend. And instead of having to fight my cravings, I completely forgot about the cake. So on the way to the cake, I would grab my journal and write. And I think at the beginning, maybe I would go ahead and eat, eat it afterwards. But at some point within that six months, first six months, I lost my cravings. My whole food, uh, what I was eating changed. Yeah. I lost my sweet tooth. And I got to where I would have a, I think, I'm, I think it was a dopamine rush when I would get to my journal. Now, some of the things I was writing were so hard, I had to have a therapist. I right. mean, I couldn't have done it without a therapist. Right. Um, but what I can say is that now, now my very first thing I do in the morning, every single morning is journal. And I have it on I my just, to-do list, so I get it. I get it. <laughs> when I think about it, I go, oh. I, I've even got a little notebook and a pen right here. I, <laughs> I hold these because these are the things I'm addicted to. <laughs> um, anyway, love. So that's what I would say is I know it can change. Yeah. Because another thing is this, a food addiction, different from like an opiate addiction, a, you, I can't... You can't just be abstinent from food. Right. You have to eat. Yeah. And so I was like, I can't, I can't go without food. If I could just stop it and just live on air and water, it might be easier, but I'm going to have to face this three times a day for the rest of my freaking life. Yeah. What in the heck? Right. So. Yeah. Well, that's, I'm going to have to implement that because, um, yeah, that's what a, what a cool concept. And you probably do that with anything that you have that argument with yourself. You know, I've certainly done it with food as well. Um, you know, where (laughs) eating the chocolate donut and then, you know, berating myself for, you know, going back for three more. Um, exactly. And yeah. And so what is it that's drawing me to it? Um, yeah, that's really fascinating. That, yes, it is fascinating. That's going to be in the course where I don't want people to, um, just push away from that fight, go into the fight all the way through it Yay! and get that pen and get that notebook and flesh it out Yeah, start looking at it and get it out of your head and be an observer, a kind-hearted observer of yourself. Yes. Ah, look at that. That doesn't make sense. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. And I tell people, I've said it over and over and over and over and over again, you have to go through the darkness to get to the light. Sometimes it is painful to go through it, 
Um, but yeah, but again, what you just said, that kind-hearted observer, and I, I say it as, you know, one, be gentle with yourself, and two, mm. just notice without judging. Um, and just, yeah, just notice what's stirring. Notice what's coming to the surface. Notice all of that. Don't judge it. It's there. It's coming up. Um, yeah. Exactly. I'm going to learn a lot from it. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think your brain changes every time you allow yourself to go through it to the other side. Because I think what's wacky is on the other side is something really hopeful. Yes. Like you may find what you really want, what you really need, where you really got hurt. Oh, it gets me all excited. I just it gets me this. all excited. I could <laughs> talk to you for like, you know, another 18 hours about this. So. Exactly. <laughs> it's so much fun. It is. I love it. And I think that's the, the part of that hope thing where I, it just gets so, because I'm sure all my friends on Facebook are like, oh my God, Terry, you know, because I'm always <laughs> just like throwing it out there. But uh, it's, you know, I just wish anyone who's hurting and anyone who's trying to find that healing, you know, journey and they're on that path um, or want to be on that path um, yeah. and aren't quite sure how to get there. I just, oh my gosh, I want to take them all by the hand and either put their hand in yours or, you know, somebody else's, whoever can help them, whoever can help exactly. them along that path. Um, yeah. And just be like, you've got this. Um, yeah. So Exactly. All right. Anything else that you want to address? Um, I think probably the only thing I would say is that um, the book, I had a friend who does not struggle with pain pills or addiction at all, but had a family, a younger family member who was struggling with heroin or who still is struggling with heroin. And she read the book and said that it gave her a new and deep understanding and compassion for her niece. And that had not been my target audience, right. but it hit me that, um, it might really help people, you know, family or friends of people who have um, addiction to read the book. And it's not that long. It's not, it's well, not, not even a hundred pages. I was going to say, I yeah. think, you know, when I, when I had it up, you know, I have it on PDF on my computer screen um, and it was 91 pages. I thought what I saw. On there. Yeah. Cause honestly, yeah. I do not like really long nonfiction books. They right. need to be kind of short and to the right. point. And so that's what I tried to write is one that you're like, hey, this is doable. Yeah. I can read 10 pages a day for nine days and, and get the point. So. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. Well, again, thank you so much for joining me. And thank you for the beautiful work you're doing. Um, thank yeah. you Offering. for the beautiful work you're doing. Thanks. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. what you're doing. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Well, I, um, again, like you, you know, it's my soul calling and, um, I own another business that I do, you know, my day job, <laughs> but the mm. podcast and, you know, blogging and my monthly newsletter, you know, um, mm. it's all geared towards hope, um, which again, I was very drawn to you and in your work because of that as well. So, yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. Well, very right. good. I'm going to do a little close out here. Everyone, thank you for joining us today. And until next time, remember, be gentle with yourselves. Thanks. Bye-bye.